Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Hudson Valley Stuttering Association podcast, a place for questions and answers about stuttering and open discussions. Um, I'm TJ Trave, and I'm here with uh, Travis Robertson. Travis, how are you? You doing? Doing really well, TJ. Um, it's really great to be here. I'm so glad that you're doing this uh, and that you invited me to be a part of it. So I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Um, so I haven't really uh, participated in Say as a program yet. Um, I've only been to Camp Say. What are the big differences uh, between the two and what are your roles in each? Great question. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll probably answer them in the in the opposite order. Uh, so, my my role at uh, Camp Say is the camp director, um, and uh, I was a uh, director last year as well, and um, have been a part of camp in some way um, every year since uh, 2014. Um, so uh, now I'm one of the directors for camp and for Say as an organization. Um, the vice president of programming. So I help to support all of the programs as a whole. Um, we have uh, Kate and Aiden who run uh, the Confident Voices program. That's the New York City program. Um, and uh, we have uh, speech therapy as well, run by Ryan. And then, of course, Camp uh, with Julia and uh, Oladarius. So I'm the, the person who is kind of overseeing um, all of the programs that happen um, in say um, in terms of like the, the major differences between the two you know um, for all of our programming um, as a whole uh, we, we kind of do the same thing it just uh, looks um, like like the major differences are the, the like what to, like where the programs are happening and the, 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 the people that um, that we are able to reach. Um, uh, Say as a whole started out with um, um, what is now Confident Voices. So it was a New York City-based uh, program um, that was uh, focused on the arts and using the arts um um, as a way for people who who stutter to communicate um, and to connect with one another. So it really was, at the beginning, a regional, a very regional, kind of local um, stuttering um, organization. Um, and over time, you know, as, as um, um, we would go to, like, conferences and things like that, Tara would would uh, like kind of spread the word about, you know, um, the work that, that was happening in New York. And the question was like, great, well, when is that coming to my part of, of the country? Like, when is that coming to my town? So um, that's a lot of how camp came about, is that you have a lot of people who stutter who aren't in the New York, uh, the New York City area who want to be a part of this community who want to meet um, other people who stutter and camp was a great way to 
being able to invite people from all over the country and now all over the world to come and get a flavor of what was happening in New York City. Um, and then uh, speech therapy came about because, you know, um, we saw that, um, you know, there was definitely a need for, um, for us, for, for like re- really great speech therapists who understood stuttering. Um, and um, since then, like the whole uh, profession has um, changed quite a bit and it's, it's, it's become better and better and better. But um, it was really just kind of like feeling a need of like wanting to provide the kind of speech therapy, you know, that I wish that I had when I was a kid uh, who, was, um, who was going to speech therapy. So really like the mission of, you know, um, 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 the being um, able to to um, to um, say what you want to say, um, to uh, to be able to not be interrupted, to be able to uh, uh, be accepted uh, just as you are in this in in the spaces across the board for all of the programs that we do, it just happens in different places and. At different times. So, um, off the uh, thought of um, uh, everyone kind of w- w- wanting to uh, get like a taste of what s- s- say is, um, there's a program uh, camp say across the USA. How did, how did that like s- spoke? Yeah, Camp Say Across the USA, uh, very similar, um, is, well, our, our kind of, um, uh, like a big uh, goal that Say has always had is to meet people where they are, right? So that's in every sense of the word, you know? If you are a person who stutters and you really, you really have a hard time with that and you you really don't like your stutter and you really want it to change. That's where you are. Um, and we're going to meet you there and let you know that, you know, um, uh, no matter how you feel about it, you're cool with us. Or if you're a person who is like really outgoing and, re- and, and really kind of confident in how they speak and communicate, that's awesome. That's wonderful. And again, like we're going to meet you where you are. And that's great. So in that sense, we're meeting people where they are. And also just like practically, wherever you are in the country, we're, we're, we're going to work to take down the barriers to get you to be a part of, 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 uh, of our community, if that's what you want. So even after camp, you know, which has been going for over 10 years now, um, we saw that there was still the desire for say to be available and accessible to people who maybe uh, who maybe couldn't come to camp for whatever reason you know for a lot of families the commitment of of like um, of like uh, 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 going to a two week sleepaway camp is still is still a lot you know and there's a lot that that um, that people are 
maybe like nervous about or that they're not quite ready for. And so I think a lot of it came out of that is like, well, how do we go to them? You know, we have a lot of, oh, there's a lot of people who center on the West Coast. Let's go to them and give them an experience that, you know, that uh, they can take with them. There's a lot of people in Houston who said, let's go to them, you know, um, and, um, and so forth and so on. So that's been yet another um, way for us to uh, break down the barriers and to meet people where they are. So I uh, say not just of for the campus but for the counselors too it it seems like a, a, a lot of fun like i don't think it would be as much fun if like the counselors and the staff weren't so like happy all the time and like excited about every little thing so um what's it like to work for say Working for Say is really something that I couldn't uh, have imagined growing up. I used to think about, like, what is my life going to be like as an adult? Which, you know, I think a lot of young people in general naturally think about that. But um, particularly for me, I was always concerned or always kind of fixated on what would my life be as an adult who stuttered? You know, what kind of job could I have? What kind of career could I have? And, you know, I, I pursued um, acting and was uh, uh, really uh, blessed to have a career um, that allowed me to, to uh, do that for over 10 years and, and, um, and, 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 and uh, make that my life's work. And um, when it came time for me to sort of make a change, um, I wanted to find something uh, that was... Um, uh, that allowed me to like have more time with my family and also um, something that um, that I was truly passionate about. I think being able to do the thing that you really want to do in life is important. Um, and uh, um, it just seemed like a natural fit, you know. I had been volunteering with Stay for many years and um, the opportunity came for me to work full-time there and and I took it, and it's really great because it's, um, again, another place where I can just be myself totally, you know. Um, I remember when I first started, I would I would think about, like, you know, answering the phone, you know, and having phone conversations and stuttering on the phone. And um, for a few weeks, I was just, like, kind of really worried about it until I uh, kind of, like, had a wake-up call moment, and it was like, yeah, that's kind of the point <laughs> is that you are a person who stutters and that you are a voice in this world and you're, you're representing an organization for people who stutter and that's a part of my journey. It feels really great to not have to uh, feel as if I need to hide that. Um, of course, there are always hard days, you know, to, uh, just for, for me personally, but um uh, in, in terms of the work that I do, there's, you know, I'm allowed and I'm encouraged to be myself always. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Have you uh, found since this uh, quarantine happened that your uh, stutter has like increased or like has been 
it's fluctuating like more yeah um i don't see that a lot in my experience but i think also um in terms of like the like my my day-to-day life and my work um you know i'm able to do a lot of things that i would do in my office um uh um here at home so uh um again like being in that environment of just being able to be myself has kind of naturally naturally been a through line so i don't know that i've i've noticed that but what i have heard you know is particularly with um, other kids who who stutters uh the whole uh phenomenon now of online school you know and how that changes the the dynamic and um it's really it's really fascinating and really an important thing to think about how stuttering is affected when so much of your life is not in person right now. right and over the computer and um you there's kind of that like um a potential barrier of like really being able to connect with someone and how that affects your speech like i'm i'm hearing it more than i thought i would and, um i'm really I'm really um i'm interested in, in in finding ways to help so um when did you really like st- start to stutter and how have you felt or seen that it's evolved from when you were a kid to now I remember stuttering you know as early as as I could speak really um I think the, I think the earliest re- uh, recollection that I have of stuttering is probably around 5 years old and um I think for the first part of my um school career if you will um i uh was in an environment where um, i got a lot of support you know my my mom my teachers uh um really kind of embraced the fact that that's just how i spoke and um there wasn't uh there wasn't a lot that um uh that was done or that you know they wanted to do or that i wanted to do about that which was fine and great um and there was definitely a change when uh i went to junior high and um i uh experienced a larger school and just like um a larger group of people and all of a sudden um what was kind of just part of who i was people were noticing it a lot more and um it became all of a sudden a problem or a thing that needed to be fixed when i didn't always see it that way but um i think that's when i saw a change in it because i just became so much more aware of it and so much and and how uh, i'm so conscious of of how it affected other people that um you know the more you think about something the more you kind of put your 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 focus into it and and kind of anticipate it just the more present it um it can be and so 
I definitely went through a phase where I was just so aware of it and I was stuttering so much uh, that I, you know, I kind of, I kind of retreated and, you know, became a shy person when I, I, I hadn't been before. Um, I, I, I really didn't want to meet new people or kind of put myself out there. And I was certainly changing words a lot more and finding ways to avoid stuttering, you know, which I'm, I, I know, I know um, stutterers get very good at it. You know, you, you kind of create your own roadmap and your way of like avoidance. And that's what I did. And I, I did a lot of not talking as well, as much as I could. Um, and, uh, you know, I got away from what I loved, which was uh, singing and acting. And I was encouraged by a teacher to, to reconnect with that. And so that's what I did. And, um, you know, I, I, um, as I got older, I, I pursued it more in college and uh and it became like a thing where I was now putting myself out there and stuttering very um, openly a lot. That was four years of college of, you know, studying to be an actor and stuttering a lot, a whole lot on stage in front of my class. And I think there was something really, in the end, very empowering and, uh, and liberating about that. Um, but, you know, I'm at a... I, I, um, but I'm at the place now where, um, you know, I embrace it as, as a part of who I am, you know, and um, in, in um, a lot of ways it makes me, um, it, it like brings out the most beautiful parts of me, you know. My stutter has made me a much more patient and thoughtful person overall because um, that's what I've required of the world. So uh, I look at it as... Um, you know, something that I cherish for the other gifts in my life that it's given. Yeah. Um, back to what you said about, like, hating it sometimes and, like, embracing it. What's your personal thought on it? Like, should it be, um, should people, like, not stutter, like, <laughs> overcome it? Or should they embrace it? Yeah, I think that people should live the life that they truly want. Um, and that's such a, a personal and deep uh, question that I think has many, many answers to it. And I don't know that I could, could, could give an answer that was right for um, anyone other than, than me. Um, if that makes sense, you know. Um, I think that um, what was most powerful for me as I got older is that um, I realized that when I was in speech therapy, um, it was never presented as an option that I could be a person who stutters, that I could be an adult who has a stutter and still be uh, a great communicator and still work on, on you know, uh, being heard and being confident, but still having a stutter. I think it was just kind of assumed that, you know, um, we've got to take away the stutter and then things will be good. 
And I think for a lot of people, that's what they want. And that's great. And if that's what you want, that's what you should pursue, you know? Um, but I'm, I, I, I think it's also important to, um, make a part of the conversation. Like what if you could just be a person who stutters? Like what if that was a part of your life that, um, was it something that you had to work so hard to not do? But it was it was a part of your journey, and it was a part of who you are. Um, and I think just being willing to have the conversation about that is such an important first step, um, uh, because that that in itself um, can take away a lot of worry about you know speech therapy in general and and what is right or what is wrong. I think what is right is what's right for you. Yeah, cuz um well the whole uh viewpoint of the uh Hudson Valley Stuttering Association is to not try to get rid of it, but to embrace it. But at the same time, I I realize um every stutter has their own unique journey. Like say uh Joe Biden, for example, like, he got teased by a teacher, he got mocked, he got made fun of a lot. So that made him want to <laughs> overcome it. And he really worked towards it. So when I hear stories like that, where, like, it really dragged them down, then I can understand why it, it they want it to be gone, to not be a part of them anymore. Yeah, you know, uh, Ryan, our speech therapist, does um, a really great um, um, illustration about about stuttering and how us, 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 uh, stuttering as a whole, you know, is um, is um, essentially more than just you know um, a block or a break in in, in your speech, but uh, there's a whole emotional. Um, component to it as well you know um with stuttering comes a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions that are tied to those moments of uh just fluency you know and for a lot of people you know when they talk about the stuttering going away it's not just the the block or the 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 um the disfluency it's kind of all of the emotional and, and like mental trauma as well that naturally you, you just want that to go away right. <laughs> you know and I think I think there is a, a process of kind of being able to pull those two things apart and see them for what they are independently you know um, even if your goal is to be more fluent it's kind of like there's a step of being able to acknowledge where you are first before you can even go um, anywhere else. So. Right. So, um, I want to build off that, but I can't think of anything because this next question has no connection to what we were just talking okay. about. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, what was yours say as a child. Who? Mm. I think my say as a child was being being on stage. You know, 
being a performer, um, uh, specifically um, singing. And the reason I say that is what what I view say as is like an oasis. You know, it is a place. You know, it, um, you know, like if you think about um, our confident voices programming, which is like two hours of, of a week. You know, imagine like all those other hours, all those other waking hours of on some level having to, to think about, you know, how you, how you speak and how you are in the world. Just having to just like be aware of it, think about it, work on it, you know, if you're working on it, to have two hours a week where you don't, you can put all of that away completely is is uh is really beautiful and important so like when i think about the oasis um in my life you know it's definitely it was it was singing it was when i didn't i didn't have to think about how i sound i didn't have to um or well, well not how i sound because you have to you have to think about how you sound or what do you sing but um uh, but i didn't have to think about my my speech um, it was a place where I could not only be myself, but I could I could play and let my imagination just kind of run and be free. Um, so definitely, like performing and being on stage was just like a big old like playground for me. And I think you know uh, that's what I imagine a lot of young people see say as. Yeah, because um, like a lot of us. Didn't uh, grow up with like a like a solid base, like where they can go and to just be themselves and stutter, and but um and that's why say is awesome because even for those kids that don't have that base, they can go to say like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a really important thing. You know, a lot of people look forward to um, a, um, uh, many interactions, like whether it be camp or conference courses or speech therapy or a camp stay across the USA, because that's that's like one of the only places that they have. You know, um, you know, f- for some people, it, like um, even in their family. You know, it's 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 uh, it's something that is is lacking. But um, yeah, it's it's a really important thing. Yeah. So, um, most stutterers, if not every, have um, have like something stuck in their mind that when they were made fun of, mocked, or teased, and like no matter how much they want to forget about it, it's still in there. So did did you have a specific moment where someone made fun of you for like fillers, uh, facial movements, or blocking that's like still stuck with you? Hmm. Yeah, I think that. Um, well, the, uh, there is a moment. Um, it's not. It's not necessarily. Uh, um, like a moment of being mocked, but 
it's definitely a moment that has stuck with me. That has been like a, like I always go back to that. Like when I think about the hardest moments of, of, of stuttering. So, so I'm going to share that moment. Um, and yeah, like I think that's, that's getting to the essence of what you're, you're asking. Um, uh, I remember I was doing um, a volunteer uh, event, you know, um, for um, an, an um, organization where we, where we were like putting together toy baskets for Christmas for kids who needed it. And, you know, I was in junior high at the time, and this was like like a school kind of volunteer opportunity. And um, uh, it was one of the few times where I kind of ventured out of my comfort zone and um, and uh, was around people that I really didn't know and was around and, and, and was like meeting um, other volunteers and other people I didn't know. Um, I remember uh, I was helping out with um, a particular station and um, this... Uh, uh, this man was like, you know, getting to know all the volunteers. And he he asked me, oh, you know, where are you from? And um, I couldn't, in that moment, like I couldn't say um, where, where, where I was from. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'm originally from South Carolina, but for whatever reason in that moment, I couldn't say that. Um, so I remember uh, saying Ohio because that's the thing that came to my mind that I could say. So I just kind of made it up as a way to just kind of move through that moment. And I remember this man was like, oh, I'm from Ohio as well. Where in Ohio? And I was stuck. I was caught because I know nothing about Ohio, at least at that time. And I, I, I just was completely caught. And I think I kind of, I don't even like remember like much of the detail after that, but I remember just like getting out of the situation. Like, I think I just kind of like literally walked away from him just to like get out of the situation and, and I thought about just like if, if I would have allowed myself to just have a hard time saying the truth of, of me that would have been a, a potential conversation and, a, and, and you know a, I don't know a, a connection and it just felt so pressurized and so terrible and I was literally running away from myself in that moment. So, yeah, I um, I kind of go back to that moment when I think about like the hardest the hardest parts of stutters. Yeah, um, like talking to other people like you don't know, and um, like talking on the phone or something. It's like scary at first, but after like you're done, it's kind of like a runner's high. You you just want to keep doing it and doing it. But, yeah, I don't know where I'm building off to, but, yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally I totally know uh, what uh, what you mean, you know. Um, oftentimes, the fear of doing something is so much bigger than the thing, you know. And, um, like, like, when you talk about 
um, uh, uh, talking on the phone when I was young, like that was absolutely, I would do everything I, I could to avoid a phone conversation because I had so much trouble saying the word hello. Um, and I had so much trouble saying my name. I remember for a, a, a period, um, uh, I would I would answer the phone. I would say yellow because that that was a lot easier than saying hello. And that kind of became like my like my you know kind of quirky way of answering the phone when I had to. But it really wasn't me trying to be um, anything um, other than escaping you know that that uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So, like, when you were, like, on the phone or interacting with a stranger, have you ever met someone so <laughs> arrogant ab- about stuttering or, like, telling you, oh, no, you, you don't stutter. <laughs> That's <laughs> fake. Hmm. I don't know that I've had that experience, but what uh, uh, what I have had is, you know, when I've had a block, um, I think what's hard about like uh, things like the phone and and even Zoom, you know, like uh, video chats, is people don't always see or hear the whole experience. So I would often have times where I would, you know, not be able to to like say a word, and um, people would fill in the blank of the experience. They're like, "Hello, are you still there?" Or like, you know, what's going on, you know? And it's those moments of like, now I'm trying to explain what's happening (laughs) on top of just like saying what I want to say. So I think um, because there are are blank spaces and those kinds of experiences, people tend to fill it in, you know? I, I would constantly have people like hang up on me or... Or like, you know, um, you know, do the hello, hello, are you there? Or like, or like fill in my words over the phone as a way to help. Um, and it would just uh, 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 feel like a process of being steamrolled. It's like, I'm not even really participating in this conversation. I'm just, I'm just kind of like sketching an experience that you're, you're filling in and um you know i think it takes a lot of work for people to really be present and really give space when when they're not in person right um two years ago um i think um my uh, speech therapist uh, she wanted to to make me like step out of my comfort zone so her idea was um to get me on the phone with people I don't know, so it just so happened at that time that my uh my mom her Amazon package got mm, messed up or something. So I was like, okay, I'll call the customer service. This is great. I'll just close that I stutter. I'll step out of my comfort zone. It'll be fine. So I call, I say, um, I stutter, um, please let me finish my sentences, I got this, and then the lady said, oh, my husband stutters, 
So at, at the same time, I was thinking, oh, that's that's great. She'll know what to do. But at the same time, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> there goes that. Like talking to someone that doesn't know what to do. So <laughs> it was a mixed emotions at that time. Yeah, I would imagine. It's like, that's not the point of what I was doing. Right. But, but I mean, like, how, how awesome that you, you know, like, it's those kinds of things, you know, how many people are out there who actually know something about stuttering or have had an experience and, um, you know, uh, how you being honest with that person, um, um, opened up a potential uh, connection and completely changes the tone of the conversation as a whole. And I think, you know, uh, it becomes a really hard thing when there are um, assumptions that are made. And I think it happens on both sides, you know. I think that people who maybe don't um, understand stuttering or don't or, or haven't had experiences with people um, who stutter, they can make a lot of assumptions about things, about, you know, your ability, your um, intelligence, your overall health. You know, a lot of assumptions happen, and then they uh, react out of those assumptions. And I think on the other side, people who stutter can make a lot of assumptions about the world, you know. We assume that the person on the other end of the customer service line is too busy to really hear me is going to be rude, is, you know, uh, and that, you, you know, uh, this is going to be an experience that I have to fight through. And, and sometimes those assumptions are just not true if we um, allow ourselves to, to just experience it uh, in, in, in a, a, a truthful way. Yeah. So this is another question that's going totally off topic. Um, has a camper ever changed your outlook on stuttering or being a, a stutterer? Um, like, what's an instance where a camper or someone from, say, impact did you? Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that, um, uh, there have been a number of campers who... Um, who have a sense of confidence and have a sense of themselves and have a, a, um, just like a wonderful joy about them. Um, and they've also had really prominent stutters. Um, and even as an adult, you know, I'm so aware of, of it. You know, like over the years... I have been, you know, uh, very much aware of it. And, you know, there have been those instances where I, um, where I um, encounter a camper or um, um, a young person in general who has a really prominent stutter uh, and it, it does not phase them at all. You know, they are saying exactly what they want to say and it's taking a really long time and, it looks like it's probably a lot of work. They are full of joy. And, you know, I think that is so rare, you know. Um, I don't know that I had that as a kid. 
don't know that I had that sort of like freedom. Uh, well, that's not true. Um, I did for a while. I think I, I kind of got away from that. But to see kids who kind of like have that experience and retain their joy is so inspiring um, and so wonderful, you know. Uh, and it's a reminder that like my experience or the outside world experience is not always the same as what that person is experiencing. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's always inspiring. So, a question I'm uh, really w- w- wondering, and I'm sure a lot of campers are, is Camp Say On still? And what will it what will it basically take to to stop like to to stop camp say yeah um i can say that we, we where we are now is we're still moving forward with camp you know we're still uh um uh, getting forms we're still um uh like getting staff and and working out the details of camp you know um uh, and that's going to be the case until until we hear um, otherwise. And I think what it comes down to in terms of like what is that thing to 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 stop camp? Just know that like we are monitoring it. You know, every day we've been talking with um, other camps. We've been talking with people from the American Camp Association. We've been really like following what state and local governments. And, and the federal government is, is like, uh, doing and saying about it all. And um, at the end of the day, you know, we as a community um, do not want to put campers or staff in um, an um, um, unsafe or potentially um, um, unhealthy situation. Um, so ultimately... You know, we want to make sure that um, we are not we're not exposing people uh, to a situation that they might not feel comfortable with. Um, but at the same time, you know, camp is a big part of a lot of people's lives, and so I think we really want to make sure that we do everything we can to make it happen this year. And I think that you know, um, ultimately. As we monitor uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, you know, um, every day, you know, we ask the question. There's not a day that I don't like, like wake up and think about that, and just like analyze and and and, and like look at it. And I don't know that there's one right answer, but we're going to keep asking the questions until we feel like we have an answer that is clear um, and that makes sense. And that, and that is um, um, consistent with health and safety of everyone. Um, I will say this. Um, even if camp doesn't look the way that it does or, or the way that it usually does every year, we're committed to making camp happen. So however that looks, we're, we're committed to creating a space where we are connecting with campers uh, from all around the world. Um, and I think um, it's more—it's uh, more so, or it's uh, less, less, less so about like, uh, like how, well, like um, if we're going to cancel or not, because we're not going to cancel camp. But there is a chance that it might just look different 
then we might have to re rethink and reimagine how we are connected. So if anyone is uh, interested in either camp say or say or <laughs> hesitant about it, uh, what should they do or who should they contact about it? Yeah. Um, um, one uh, thing I would encourage folks to do um, is to check out our our um, our our, our um, Instagram. Um, one kind of cool byproduct of this this whole um, social distancing and isolation uh, is that you know we've had to get creative again about like how we how we connect with people. So check out um, at say org on um, Instagram. We have a number of um, of uh, programming things that happen um, uh, like morning song every morning at 10 a.m. which has been um, uh, very very like um, like um, awesome and and uh, we've had some uh, some incredible guests come in and sing morning song, which is uh, a camp tradition. Uh, just this morning, James Monroe Egglehart, uh, who is um, a Broadway star um, in um, Aladdin and, and Hamilton and and uh, many other things, uh, he's a big supporter. Say he sang a morning song uh, um, just this morning, and we, you know, uh, that's an awesome way to kind of connect with like what's happening um, at say so um at say org is the is the instagram handle and i think if if folks are interested in hearing more about uh say or like learning more about it you know they can go to uh, uh org or campsay.org um or they can reach out to me directly uh my um my uh, email is Travis at say.org. That's S-A-Y dot O-R-G. Um, uh, and I'm happy to talk and connect with anyone who wants to know more about what we do. Uh, do you have any questions, comments, or anything you'd like to uh, uh, plug? <laughs> I think I did all the plugging that I want uh, to, to do, but... I will say this, like, um, you know, I've known you for a few years, uh, TJ, and um, it's really inspiring the work that you're doing as um, as a person who stutters. And, and I think just, like, I think you're such a, a really incredible role model for young people in general. Um, I think you have a spirit about you that is um, uh, a, a self-starter, you know, and where there is a need you find a way to fill it and you find a way to create something where there, where there might be a space. And I think, you know, that speaks to your character as a person and your, your, your confidence. And, um, I just want to say that, like, I, I love that. And, uh, that, you know, that's an inspiration to me, you know, with everything that you've done with, uh, of HVSA and now this podcast, I think it's really cool to see you are taking your experience um, and, and making it not just about you, 
that change in the world. So um, I dig it, man. I really thank appreciate you. you. So sure. uh, thanks uh, so much uh, for coming, Travis. It means a lot. And uh, to our uh, listeners, the HVSA's second annual dinner is planned for Saturday, June 6th at 5 p.m. at the American Legion in Tilson, New York. RSVPs are strongly recommended. Entrance is a donation suggestion at door. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us, hvstuttering at gmail.com. If you're interested in say or camp say, like Travis said, you can go to say.org or campsay.org. Travis, uh, thank you so much for coming. TJ, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Have a good day. You too, man. Bye.